and standing by to join me are Stephen Gray, the founder of Positive Identity, and the creative director, Ron Bush. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, hello. Excited to have you. Appreciate it. It's excited to be here. You know, I saved the article in the Orange County Register talking about positive identity. And let me just tell uh, the viewers and listeners, uh, this is a movement dedicated to creating positive race relations by sharing inspiring stories of the good things that Asian, Pacific Islander, Black, Hispanic, Indigenous, White, and mixed people are doing for each other in America. And as I mentioned, I have this initiative where I feel like this is a time to become better humans. So I was so excited to have you both on. Thank you That's very amazing. much, Travis. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. Tell, tell me, um, we'll start with you, Ron, if that's okay, how sure. this started. Uh, you know, um, it, start, it started with me and Stephen met, to be honest with you. Um, and Stephen, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this jointly, actually, as if I, I'm going to, um, because we're, we're, dealing with pand- okay. we're, we're dealing with pandemic. We're dealing with pandemic year, so if you every 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 time I quote a year, just take nineteen months off, and that's exactly. the actual time. So, right um, about eight like eight or nine years ago, um, me and Stephen met, and um, you know it's just one of those things where you meet somebody and you immediately get along with them, and we you know we uh, shared uh, a lot of interesting, a lot of similar insights on a lot of stuff that was going on um, socially, politically, and such. Uh, and he's just he's he's one of my best friends. He's just a great guy. Uh, and um, love your way in a second, Ron. We, Get ready for it. <laughs> yeah, and so, and so, um, and this is actually this is before I even started touring as a standard comedian. So this is really interesting. So, um, so it was at that time that we started talking about creating content um, that created a different narrative than what was what we were seeing on TV. And I, you know, and Stephen, I think we started off with those street interviews. If, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, then the idea came about uh, getting it into a podcast. And, you know, I guess, I guess for my, the simple answer for me is, um, you know, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm black, I'm gay. I was raised by a single mom, you know? And so uh, I was raised around every minority group, every disadvantaged group, um, every person um, that you could imagine being slighted and, around extraordinarily wealthy people as well. Yeah. White families, the whole nine yards. And mm-hmm. so to me, I think that anything that is allowed to, and being a comedian is now in hindsight, anything that allows me to be able to get people to relate to where I come from, understand where I come from, you don't have to agree with it uh, or anything along that line, or even like it, just right. have compassion and understand it. Yes. And then that to me, um, creates a different a type of a dialogue and it's just grown from there right it's 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 interesting because you know ron in many ways is correct in to say that it started even before the idea formed it started with us sort of talking together um you know ron and i are very different people but there's something in the air between us mm-hmm. there is an understanding there is a wavelength. There is something else. And so like, you know, obviously, you and Ron, listen, I'm a straight white Christian male. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I come from a very different background than Ron. You know, my life experiences are very different than Ron, but there's just an understanding. And Ron, I'm 100% right about that, aren't I? 
Yeah, absolutely. I right. think that um, I think though here's 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 the thing. Okay. And after that, I'll get to the positive. Explain okay. it. Yeah, when you you know, and I think everybody can relate to this. Whether no matter if you've gone to university, uh, gone into the service, um, you know, uh, traveled with your church, whatever that may be, um, you've left your comfort zone. You've left where you've been. Mm -hmm. uh, and now you're around a bunch of people that do not look like you, do not sound like you, do not think like you, do not agree with you. And you know what? You're having the time of your life. Yeah. Whether you're on the beaches of Jamaica, whether you are, uh, you know, traveling through China. Right. And so there's a there's a base humanity that we all have. And, right. you know, I was talking to a guy the other day who was um, <clears throat> let's just say he was fervently anti-vax. You know, and I have no judgment there if you're anti-vax or not. Um, what I did mention to him that, though, was that at the end of the day, the things that are politicized shouldn't be politicized. If if I am going to an emergency room, I'm not asking if the doctors are Republican or Democrat. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if I'm on vacation and I turn around and there's a couple there and we start laughing and having a good time and we go to the bar and have drinks, I'm not asking them how they voted. Right. You know, and exactly. so, you know, and so, you know, the where I think that me and Stephen get along is that we because we have these very different backgrounds, you know, but ultimately we we share the same humanity. Yes. You know, and 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 I would I would say the same for you. You know, it's we're, we're here trying to make a difference. You know, we're, we're allowing our differences, um, our idiosyncrasies, our quirks, our mm -hmm. foibles and our benefits to all be seen and say, hey, listen, this is who I am. And, yes. you know, let's just all get along together or at least not confront everybody nobody wants to wake up every day and be confronted by somebody i agree. No. I agree i think it's really time that we show up for one another whether we like yeah. them or not we agree with them as you were saying i mean i have this tendency since i was little because i've had growing up in manhattan i would see an accident and my mom yeah. taught me like we go and help we just right. and we were like the first people to go and help so i have that mentality and it's really a blessing because um, if you stand back and you look at stranger behavior, they, they don't want to help. They don't want to get involved. And I've been in some really ironic situations where no one else is stepping up, you know, and I feel like we really have to be better humans. As I mentioned, Stephen, and, and I want to talk, and I want to talk now, we're going to talk shop, you know, obviously for people who are listening, yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of, I'm a, I'm, I'm a producer. So my brain, I'm like, all right, let's get the good stuff right away for the people. Listening to this. <laughs> you know, let's make sure that the heat is on. Yes, so they we stay need on and they're like, this is great. So, okay. all right, let's paint the picture for positivity where this thing came from. Ron and I were very different people, but we're together. That is the spiritual foundation of positive identity. So now that we know that, the actual idea started to form in 2016. So Ron and I were watching this election, and it's a wild, wild election, Trump versus Hillary. It feels like the world's turned upside down. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, during the summer, Black Lives Matter, you know, obviously there was a, an inflection point, you know, protests, stuff like that. And, you know, Ron and I, obviously, social media, this is 2016, is really starting to become it's culture and politics are now starting to merge. Trump has crossed that Rubicon, you know, essentially all these different things are now essentially creating a system. Everything's always been politicized. Now, essentially the, the doors are blown right open 
And this is interconnectedness between race, gender, all these different things in our political process in a very defined real way. And so the commentary that you'd see in the media and in social media, things that people share, we started to realize, and I started to really intensely see, I started to see this a bit in 2013, 2014, 15, and it really, you know, cranked in the gear around 2015, 2016, obviously went nuclear, that when we talk to each other about race, it's almost always in the negative. How this person's hurting that person. Mm-hmm. This group is damaging this group. This system is destructive or hurting these people right here on both sides. The way people talk about each other when it comes to identity is from a place with the stuff that we're media reports about is the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. If your mm-hmm. perception is this group of people here are bad or I people do bad things, well, the people that are not like you that do bad things that you see reported to you and whatever route that you come from, you will expect that and you will react to those people in that headspace. Yeah. And if there are people like you who are doing bad things, people, our nature is to mimic those who are like us. So if we see these terrible people walking around on torches or doing a bunch of crazy ass stuff, mm-hmm. the human brain is irrational and it wants to start to mimic that because, well, they're like me and maybe I should be like that too. And so positive identity in 2017, um, NBC, Wall Street Journal, um, and I believe Time Magazine put out polling that showed race relations, statistically the worst they'd ever been since tracking in like, you know, the early 80s. Obviously, we're not talking like the 60s, something like that, but something fundamentally wrong is happening to cause a country that's more diverse than ever. We're more in contact with each other than than ever. Like the media we look at is nothing like it was in the 80s or like we, the opposite should be happening. We should be more integrated than ever instead of the opposite. We are our worst point. And so I started to think, I was talking to Ron a little about this because obviously I trust Ron. And I like the fundamental nature of relation with each other with media reports on people share. There's a structured nature to each other. And this creates a negative feedback loop. If you expect bad things to happen from other people to you, you treat that person like a threat. What do we do to threats? Try to destroy threats Mm -hmm. or fight threats. And then you do something potentially bad. Someone like you do something potentially bad to those people that's reported on and all of a sudden to this loop starts to form. It gets faster and faster and faster. More and more people seeing instances of destructive behavior happening to them because that's the media they're looking at. Yes, They treat people with threats and so on and so forth. And so I, I started talking around like, Ron, we're going to make this thing like, maybe there, there has to be something, a media thing to put out stuff of positive race relations, the positive yeah. things that people do during races to each other every day. We're in Los Angeles. This isn't Mad Max out here. This isn't like warfare in the streets. This is a diverse city where people generally get along. Yes. That is not our defining nature when we talk about each other when it comes to race. And therefore, what ends up happening is we let what we see in social media and media become our defining perception and this drag apart starts to form. And so Ron and I started doing these interviews, um, you know, 2018 is when we really started kicking in gear with it. And we started doing a number of things. Again, we're testing this thing out, really thinking about it. I also, someone I trust, a lot of these people who deal with race relations stuff. I, you know, they, they're, they've been in it, but I'm also someone who grew up with Asperger's syndrome. You know, I was, I was, I was autistic, I'm autistic. You know, I was in special ed classes. And I saw how a lot of smart people were wrong about me. 
And also, that about so, you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because just because they're smart, they have the title or whatever, does not mean they get it or they're right. Right. Um, in many ways, we're still learning. So all these smart people, all right, sure, they're smart, but let's try this stuff out. And so Ron and I really had a lot of conversations with Ron because Ron, it's not just Ron's my relationship, not just because of who Ron is. He has a fifth gear when it comes to his brain. Like I, Ron, and I've said this to you early on, and I'll say it again. Ron has a level of intelligence. People can go to fourth gears. Ron's got a fifth gear. And so I know my conversation with Ron that he, okay. Like I knew, I knew what I had to do with this after talking to Ron about a lot of this stuff. And so what's up happening. Uh, we do this stuff or testing stuff out ideas this year we launch and we launched not just this year at a time when huge massive transformation is happening, new president vaccines are going out. Societies left this nightmarish existence of 2020 where humanity was on the brink in many different ways in America. Um, weirdly, as we launched this year with the unbelievable level of optimism that we're let's try something out this year, Gallup and polling on race relations, we had now gone even worse than we were in 2017 to put things in perspective. I'll end with this 73% of Americans say race relations are bad, a record. The previous record of Americans that race relations were very bad was about 34, 35% in like 2018. That's now up to 46% of Americans say race relations are very bad in the month before we launched. We are doing this work because I will tell you this now, I look around the world around us and we work in the film industry, representation matters. How we represent people matters. That's a big deal. And something needs to be done. And so, yeah, while our positivity is our message, we're here for a reason and we're showing up for it. Yeah. Let me go back to one thing you just said, though. You were talking about the smart kids didn't get you. Don't you think this all has to happen in schools, in the young mindsets that are being, you know, molded at a young age? I mean, kids don't just they're not born prejudice. They're not born with these different views. They're learned. So have you brought positive identity into schools? No, we, we launched this year. Um, we were essentially really going, you know, thermonuclear in the content, you know. And so it's one of the things that we're, once this stuff is out there and people mm-hmm. understand who we are, yes. it's like, okay, we're, we'll open the doors, we'll open our hearts to you. Mm-hmm. Because it does start at a young age. Yeah. It is a real deal thing. Yeah. Um, but I'd also say this too, you know, we can't only believe that's just what the youth need to change. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Move who are older. Both. Yeah. I, 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 plus. Ron, please jump in. I, I'd love to jump in here. Um, just to kind of go back a little bit. Um, you know, the, the difference between me and Steven, I guess you would say is like, Steven's kind of like, uh, he's, um, uh, historian meets Brian Williams. Right. And, uh, I'm kind of like, um, uh, I'm like Paul Mooney, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> meets, uh, you know, meets whatever, you know, and um, working on whatever. I don't, I, I look at where we're at uh, and, and I want you to just give me a few minutes here. I look at where we're at in the country today um, as quite frankly, the about time 
because the past 40 to 50 years has been a papering over of what happened in the, in the 60s and early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, this country has never completely dealt with its racial issues. Uh, once women were able to get their credit cards without a co-signer in 72, uh, we had uh, the Nixon situation go down. There was a, up until Nixon, you know, the Soviet strategy, we had, you know, the assassination, before that, the assassinations of uh, Kennedy's and King, and, you know, we, we know how we got to where we're at now. But we've never dealt with the issue, right? Everyone went off into their own respective corners, and we all did what we had to do to try and make a buy. And mm-hmm. there were uprisings here and there. Um, our society had to learn how to look at race differently. It hasn't been, but over the past 15, 20 years that the greater American public believes now that African-Americans were being targeted by police because of cell phone cameras. Um, we see our Latin brothers and sisters still dealing with an extraordinary amount of racism and bigotry in the country. All that hasn't changed. The difference that changes is the greater part of America is waking up to that. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not new. There's not a piece of it that's new, you yeah. know? And, and when you talk to African-Americans and I've talked, so spoken with Stephen before, when you talk to African-Americans, our frustration is the fact that people are acting like this is brand new or that this is something that's worked. It's worse to people who weren't paying attention. Sure. You know, it, yeah. it's not worse to people who are living it, you know? And so what, you know, what I, what, what, what we're trying to do is number one, create, yes, a, a positive perspective on different cultures. You you have to be able to see them uh, in a positive light. You have to be able to understand them, to relate with them. The definition of comedy is truth and pain. The number one rule is relatability, you know, and comma and drama is comedy without jokes, right? Mm-hmm. And so our entire society um, is built on our being able to communicate in a relatable way. And so we can all get along and understand and understand each other better and kind of tying back in what you're saying with education, you see how easy it is right now for things to get politicized Oh yeah. when it comes to trying to educate some people from a race perspective. So for me, um, I, what I hope to bring to the table, uh, continue to bring to the table, what I try and present in our podcast um, is how people can actually talk about race. Our country has to you have to take responsibility for your collective actions before you, before you fix something. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, if you're eating, if you're eating 10 pizzas a day and drinking a bunch of beer until you get that crap out of your system, you're not going to lose weight. Right. You know what I'm saying? And until you know what you're putting in, you know, so it's the same thing. We keep feeding ourselves this negative feedback loop. You see it on TV every day. Mm -hmm. There's no difference, you know, but during the AIDS epidemic, during the AIDS epidemic back in the nineties, it was, Black people sleeping with monkeys and the gay disease, usually using the F word that was being thrown around in the streets and, and everywhere like it was nobody's business. And Reagan didn't lift a finger, you know, to help, mm-hmm. you know, the, the gay community at that time. I mean, you know, you could go back into the 70s. I mean, just it's every generation you have these atrocities. It's just that we selectively like to forget the, what, how horrible these things were. And then we sit there and say, oh, my God, how did this happen? Well, it happened because we never dealt with it. Right. And so let's, you know, so, you know, instead of, instead of castigating, instead of trying to cancel, instead of trying to dehumanize, instead of trying to, I'm better than you-ism, 
instead of all that trash because we're all human there is not a part that anyone who's listening to this right now there's not a part of your life that if everything was on twitter you would not have something to apologize about you we've all said things that were horrible we've all done things that we're not proud of we've all had these biases so instead of pretending that we're perfect let's admit we're not own it and, and own it let's own have it. the conversation yeah. You're allowed to say something that offends me. I am allowed to say something that offends you. Guess what? Someone's always going to be there to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not advocating disrespect. I'm not advocating racism or anything along the lines. What I'm advocating is a person is, is an emotional intelligence is a personal responsibility for how you allow other people to affect you so you yourself can be a stronger person and show other people how it's supposed to be done if i cannot have a rational conversation with a room full of racists which i recently did really okay absolutely i do it all the time but the, you know um we'll get into uh i'll make a long story short and i'll segue I'll get back into my I'll finish my, let me finish my point if you can't have a conversation if you can't have a rational conversation with people that inherently disagree with who you are where you come from then how are you going to be able to explain why it is that you are a good person it doesn't matter if you can't explain if you can't show mm-hmm. how you're a good person I don't need to tell you how I'm a good person. Oh, I do this. Oh, I do that. Oh, look how many things I do. That's Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. These are all the things I do to show you how great I am as a person. Who are you actually as a person? Where's your integrity? When push comes to shove, when you when 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 your implicit biases arise, when you're when you're triggered, how do you react in that moment? Do you treat that person like the other than, or do you say, "Whoa, let me take a step back here and treat this person fairly?" And you know, I've talked about this on this podcast. Uh, one of my "it's complicated" um, is a literal uh, ex-white supremacist. I went to St. Louis uh, to be able to meet his family. This has been going over six years, um, and I was basically in, in, in um, I was basically in a, in a house. <laughs> with people that uh, probably had some form of implicit bias towards me. Were you nervous? Um, uh-huh. Were you nervous? Um, no, no, no. It, which, which you know, um, first of all, I've known uh, I've known him for six years, and so there's a trust built up. Okay. Two is um, two is that um, you know, uh, as an African American as a gay African-American comedian, there is very few times that I'm on the road that I'm not confronted by someone who is struggling with some form of a bias or discriminative perspective. And, um, and so you learn how to talk to people, you know, and as I was telling them, um, the funny thing about that evening was that uh, they reminded me of so many of my family members. And what I mean by that is my dad is from Aiken, South Carolina. He was raised in the Jim Crow South. You know, um, he was raised to be a racist because of what happened to him, the Mm. society he grew up in. You know, you have to think back at the the atrocities that these people were going through at that time. My my father, my grandfather, my grandfather's father, these were, were talking murder, attacked by dogs i mean everything the, the most horrifying things we <sighs> look at today and say oh my god we look at today's like oh my god it's never been better worse i was like really you just need to talk to my dad for 15 minutes right yeah you know what i'm saying 
you know, I'll never, he's passed now. I'll never forget. I was in, I was, I was, we were at the funeral and his older sister, my auntie looks at me and she leans over to me. She says, he never could get the chip off his shoulder Mm. because he was so bitter for what happened to him when he was a child. Yeah. And so, you know, all of us need to just kind of step back. Right. And, and just say, listen, it's okay to have resentment. It's okay to have biases. It's okay to not know. It's okay to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Those are natural human emotions and you should feel them and then understand where they come from and why. Sure. Yeah. And what can I do to, to change those, those deep ingrained mindsets? Right. 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 Right, right, right. What am I going to do? I want to jump in on that because actually yeah. positive yeah. identity does kind of address some of that. So, all right, you heard me give the whole spiel about the background of positive identity. Why are we here? Mm-hmm. Race relations statistics are at their worst. And that's affecting culture, mm-hmm. our economy, and our political system in very Absolutely. real ways. Like mm-hmm. ways where I, um, when, I was, when I was 23, I went to Egypt and Israel um, for 40 days because I wanted to live on the brink and went alone. And I wanted to sort of see what it was like. Cause you know, the media talks about Egypt, Israel, Palestine, and you're like, all right. Super interesting guy, isn't he? So yes. Got to go there myself. Great. So, <laughs> and so oh, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, and so I go there and seeing things in person, talking to people, like really like having a genuine connection mm-hmm. with Palestinians Israelis, Arabs, Jews, obviously a lot of those things are interconnected. Muslims, you know, they're different layers. Reading voraciously the local news, having conversations with people, like getting a sense of who they are. I saw what looked like an intractable situation based on identity. And I remember at the time being like, oh, in America, we're great. We don't deal with stuff like this. We're, we'll work things out. We're a great nation of people. We're not gonna be intractable, two separate peoples forever torn apart i see the same foundational systems that have that are essentially i would say i'm gonna use loaded language it's emotion this isn't loaded it is spiritually destroying two peoples Mm -hmm. absolutely they're both being destroyed in the inside in many different ways Mm -hmm. by what's happening here and that's obviously very much a thing that people talk about but you'll see what i'm saying we are now going through that same destruction in the inside ourselves and here's the thing. There's a certain point where, as Ron talked about for his dad, you just can't get that chip off the shoulder. Right. It entrenches and you are forever divided. Mm-hmm. And so I look at when I see those numbers slowly drip down, I wonder, is there a point where a line is crossed and we never go back? The dream ends and we become what? A bunch of tribes based on our skin color doing who God knows what to each other. That's not acceptable. As an American, it's not acceptable because yeah. the world looks to us and believe it, our culture is ubiquitous around the world. They look to us for what's okay. And if we start to do stuff that's very much not okay, they'll be like, well, that's, uh, that's how it's going to be. And so um, also where the, you know, the clock is like that. So what I want to say is this, when I say positive perception creates positive action, we're doing a positive identity is putting out stuff that ideally radiates into you. Like, you, here's the thing, you'll follow us on Twitter. You'll go through, you have your millions of Twitter accounts you'll follow. 
we'll be like, we'll put out stuff. We'll be like one of every 20 tweets you'll see, but you'll see something that looks nice. Yeah. So it's a good title. You'll see people who look different, something positive, and you may not click the article. That's fine. Because what's happening is you're subtly having stuff radiating itself into you. There's a statistic that shows you smile, you affect someone three people away. That's right. You smile at one person, affects like someone that. three people away. Mm-hmm. So seeing positive stuff, it's okay. We have to face the problems the world, as Ron says, but we don't live within the state of that we are doing great things for each other. If it's only the problems that are part of our nature and our relationship, yeah. then that will only be part of our relationship. And then the relationship will end. Yeah. So what Paul Denny is doing is something that's not just to me an American thing, but something I look around the world and I see the heat's turning up on race relation issues in Mexico. I was in Mexico recently following their Twitter. Brazil, it's cooking up there too. Like obviously, you know, China, Japan, you know, Korea, like they have like real issues when it comes to race and identity, different nations, but different peoples. And so as one of our um, people that we interviewed in our podcast, this guy, uh, David Lee, great friend of mine, um, Asian, uh, Asian American. He's like, you know, what America goes through soon, the rest of the world will go through. We're ahead of everybody else. Yeah. And the reality is we have never fully figured out how to deal with the fact that we are really different. You know, you can't, you could say, you could say everyone is beautiful and that's true, but there's things that we got to work out. Yeah. And the thing is, is that both have to exist. We have to essentially face the problems of the world and embrace the good at the same time in parallel ways. Um, I have to interject because we have to wrap up. I saw the time. No, I, I looked at the clock too. I know. No, I, I want to have you both back on because I feel like this is a part one of a series. <laughs> okay, um, that's awesome. <laughs> I just want to uh, thank Stephen Gray and Ron Bush for, for calling into the show, Positive Identity. Where can they find out more about you? So go to thepositiveidentity.com. Okay. www.thepositiveidentity.com. Obviously, you search for positive identity, race relations will pop up on Google searches. Okay. All, however, though, the real power of what we're doing is through our social media networks, because that's the stuff that's blasting out to people. So search for positive identity, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, you know, obviously we're out there on most platforms. Yes. And we're constantly turning stuff out, literally multiple things a day, affirmation, story content that inspires and video content that we create or we share from other people. Also, Janine, you are someone you you are part of an American community and we'd like to sort of like boost you in the work that you're doing. There's a lot of great people doing great stuff out there. Our defining nature, like bringing our cell phones, can't be only the things that are wrong with the world. The reason why I point that out is that they did, a, again, I was thinking this through. I know the time. They did studies that say that people, the things that you watch, you're able to watch stuff like that. The relationships that you have, the things you do, You'll search for something. People who are very much drama, they get into drama, look for situations that can cause drama. Why? Because our brains are wired to survive and something helped us survive while doing it. They we feed will on that. Again. So that negative news stuff yeah. becomes a self, almost biological <clears throat> entrenching system. We mm-hmm. keep looking for that stuff and it becomes something that we crave, a dopamine hit. 
And so this isn't something that we're just saying, you know, this is a real deal thing. And I so agree. we're trying to change our, yeah. our dopamine nature to get fired up about the great stuff people like you, Janine, are doing, that Ron are doing, that I'm doing, a lot of people are doing. Yeah. No, I think I just want to say it's so important that we connect on a human level. And right. that really does mean put your phone down. It means connect, pay attention to mental health right. you know, yeah. and really That's educate exactly. yourself. Yeah. Be yeah. empathetic, be compassionate. Um, yeah. yeah. Be thoughtful to other people. All right. So we're going to wrap up, but Ron, did you want to add anything else before we finish up? I did, you know, um, you know, I just, I'm not going to say this. We can look at, there's two ways for us to look at what's happening today, right? Um, as an intricable problem that's never going to be solved or something that we can all take individual daily actions to try and solve, you know? Um, when, uh, when people take the time to listen, to truly listen, um, you know, going back to my trip in St. Louis and, you know, talking to people who, uh, you know, on paper, um, probably I should not have been to or and whatever you want to call it. Just know who you are as a person. Who is your, what is your integrity? You know, there's that phrase, know thyself and you'll know God. That is a simple phrase of having the, having the soul integrity to wish and do the same for yourself that you do for others you know, and do unto others, all that good stuff, right? Yeah. And so um, just understand that we were all raised in a society that has taught us to be discriminative towards each other. We were all taught and raised to be sexist. We were all taught and raised to be discriminative in some way, shape or form, homophobic, uh, anti-Semitic, uh, whatever it is, it's the society we grew in. All these influences are constantly being bombarded in us in some shape or form from the moment that we're able to conceive, con uh, understand things. And so, listen, it's humanity. And as long as you wake up with the intention that you're going to try and be a little bit better today than you were yesterday, um, then you know what? You're winning the game. Yeah. And, and, uh, and everything starts locally. Just, you know, you, you want to feel a certain way. I hope that that feeling is of good and love and support and community. Uh, and let's do the same thing for other people. And, you know, um, and let's get to the hard work of listening. Yes. You know, um, yeah. you know, listening to people's problems. Uh, the, the, um, the poor working class, white, black, and Latino, uh, we all have uh, the same socioeconomic needs as the poor working class Asian native uh, Middle Eastern, mm -hmm. you know, in this country, we all have the same needs and we all have the same desires. And so uh, let's, let's put down, let's put down the animosities and the rigid rigidity and the, the belief that I have to win. This isn't Auburn versus LSU. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not the Super Bowl. Okay. Right. You're not, we're not here to, you know, this is not about, putting points on the board. Okay, this is about living a better life. This isn't about Democrat and Republican. This isn't against black, white, or whatever. This is about humans living our best life. Yes. Okay. yes. Save, save the com competitions for where they're appropriate. Um, but when it's time to live, 
live and be a good person. And that's I it. agree. And check and- out our podcast, Positive Identity Podcast. Where we talk about these things in big, yeah. expansive ways. Okay. I put, everything, well, I put everything on my uh, show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Love it. What do you, before we wrap up, what do you mm-hmm. both do, and we'll go with you, Stephen, um, when you are in a funk, when life is challenging, when you feel down from what you see going on in society, what, what do you do to take care of yourself? Well, luckily I'm delusional. And okay, I stay, then. I'll work itself out. Right? So, so, right. <laughs> Good <laughs> so, answer. So, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have to be kind of like, you have to be a little wild. And so like, for me, I just, man, I, I just, I like to fantasize about all the exciting things that can be done. Yeah. And then like, you know, you're creative. Come on. I, I, I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate that. But and like, here's the thing, like I've done that so much, you know how your brain searches for emotions that you had in the past as an mm-hmm. evolutionary way to survive it's like well sorry this are the emotions i it's like you know i god there's been points where like i'd be jobless with only two and a half months of money in my bank account you know like like multiple times i'd be like i don't have a job you know i only have a, a few bucks i'm doing this thing like but like you know and i'd be stressed to the max but you know there are ways that it kept getting better and so when i'm in a funk I always fantasize about the exciting things that can be done in this life. Mm, I like and that. That that does it. That's, That's your growth too. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ron? Uh, meditation and I tell jokes. Nice. Cool. There's nothing. 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 Nothing uh, relieves any form of stress better than a good laugh. You bet. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you both so much for calling in. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for having us. This is fantastic. Yeah, I look forward to continuing this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really, really looking forward to it. Thank you for having us. I was was, was was excited. We'll do this thing. I was excited. I was excited. And now I'm just really happy that this is, hopefully this has gone perfectly for you. It has for us. Definitely. Definitely.